From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me. Well, well, well. Mitt Romney's back. Oh, yes. Now, sure, he's going to be Jesus on his next planet. Mitt Romney warns extraordinary challenges to preserve American democracy. Hey, Mitt, moron. Not only did you help put President Oily's stool into office with his wet socks, you're part of the major problem. Yes, you are, you fraud. You saboteur. Not to just the Republican Party, but to Americanism altogether. In fact, you're one of the morons that helped sign, that helped President Diaper sign the new bill. Oh, it's true. Well, it is. How faint mine is and how dark his is. Yeah, I know. I tell you what, Nancy. Uh, Listen to this. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to give it a shot here, okay? Now, you got to picture this. President Diapers is sitting down. Oh, God. He's got the gargoyle, the most evil man, the most evil-looking man in the Senate, Chuck Schumer lurching over him with that bit of a hump he's got coming in. It's wonderful. And then he's got Nancy Pelosi just waiting for her VO on the rocks. And they're celebrating the destruction of the American economy and further fraud as portrayed in so many bills like the infrastructure bill that are, it's headed up by Pete Buttigieg. He's got a real sense of reality along with all the payoffs to their campaign contributors. So this is a good day for all you fat-ass pretend contractors who've been bribing Democrats for, what, half a century? Yeah, you're going to get some of the pie. Look at his signing now. Riveting. Here we go. Here are the cameras. All right. Yay. You. Yeah, you just buried another generation. Yay. You big dummy. So let's take a look at what's in this. And by the way, I like to play music as long as we're going to pretend that this is the end of the Depression. You know, the one we're not admitting to, but the one that's just around the corner? Spin that down a little bit there, Squirrel Hands. In addition to funding day-to-day government operations, they appropriate $13.6 billion in emergency aid for Ukraine as it fights off Russian invasion with another $4 billion to help the refugees. $6.5 billion for their military assistance and $1.8 billion, little walking around money, for their mac- macroeconomic needs. Now it explains... Why, the president, who nobody ever heard of, is worth $596 million. Did you know that? Oh, yes. Not only is he Winston Churchill, who never was worth that much money, he somehow is worth $596 million. Has nothing to do with Igor Kolomensky. Whatever you do, don't look into it. It also grants agency requests for a number of new provisions, including $400 increase for the peasants here in America who are getting um, Pell grants. Yeah, you get a little something else. $7 billion to establish an agency under the National Institute of Health, tasked with building high-risk, high-reward technologies for disease research. Another payoff to those of us who brought us the Wuhan virus, the pandemic. Among other provisions, it reauthorizes the Violence Act against women. Well, we still don't know where that money went, but it just got new, more, new money. 2,749 pages. $16 billion for COVID relief. How much of this COVID relief are we going to sprinkle the infield with? Anybody want to look into the money you've already wasted? Nah. Just keep printing the money. Let's see what else we get. And the beat goes on. They still 
By the way, this is Forbes. Forbes, you know, kind of a big deal when it comes to finance. They've uh, still got about 1,964 pages to go. This is the kind of government you get when you hire the Democrat mafia. Just keep whistling all your way to the poorhouse. That's what they do. And I was reminded of that as they went to the drunken stumble bum before she was able to celebrate payoff schemes like a park across from her her little mansion in San Francisco for $7 million. They wanted to ask her about government spending. Nancy has an unusual take on things. So when we're having this discussion, it's important to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. See, their spending is reducing the national debt. This is the new mantra. You've heard a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of stuff. Vladimir Putin is responsible for gas prices, not the eco-Nazis that have infiltrated our government. No, not the ones that, that shut off the American stability in the energy sector. Not only that, have continued to fraud a, a green energy agenda, which is riddled in scandal and failure. It's not their fault. It's root and toot and Putin's fault. So that's the new mantra, right? Just blame other people. This is confusing some people in the financial industry. And what I like is one de- Democrat propagandists who up until now have been chanting the propaganda that has led to a $30 trillion debt that we admit to and also the $260 trillion unfunded liability that has bankrupted this nation in perpetuity. There's no way to dig out of it. In fact, as we speak, our friends, uh, the inbreds in the, in the sheets who like to beat, mutilate their wives and daughters called Saudis, they're going to take China's yuan over the dollar. We'll get to that in a little while. But Pete Buttigieg, boy, that's a hard name to say. I should remember, it's like Professor Buttigieg, his father, who is a long registered Marxist, started his own Marxist institute. So Pete Buttigieg was on CNBC. He was asked a question. I thought the question was so important, I want to separate it for you. I just want to read you something from Speaker Pelosi, though, that I actually tweeted it out, and I just wonder whether... You can't make sense. Whether she she believes this and whether it's the view of, of the administration. See what you think. Or she's just uh, when we're having this discussion, it's important to, to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It is not inflationary. Can you somehow uh, give me the logic? Uh, does the administration, do you feel that, that that's a, an accurate statement and and how do you uh, how does that work how how would you make that statement in a a logical way now see the thing about pete Buttigieg, he's not as direct as our vice president heels up harris heels up harris is there because she actually pleasured a very important man pete Buttigieg is there because he just pleasures men and he's going to give you some answers well, I mean, first of all, if you look at our fiscal policy, it is true. And amazingly, uh, a lot of people don't even know this, that the deficit Uh-oh. has gone down. Uh, and Has it really? But why is the debt gone up, Mayor Pete? By the way, how do you get Merlot out of a cashmere V-neck pullover? And down by a, a, a remarkable amount. Uh, so I think part of it is an expression of that. I think also, also part of it is pointing to the fact that some of the investments that we make uh, help with inflation. I mean, that's definitely true with the infrastructure investments, right? Because we know how infrastructure is related to supply chain. So see, he's helping with inflation. He's helping all kinds of things. And when you think about it, when you think along this logic of the Marxist mafia, let's say for the people who aren't directly in on the scam, those people who are not purveyors of these phony green energy companies, or like our energy secretary, hold stock in the phony green energy companies that get all of this funny money they keep printing up. 
let's just say you're a stooge. You're a willful slave. You're a Democrat. And you live in these Democrat-heavy areas. When you think about how this is spurring the economy, I know there's a correlation because as crime rises, I remember this from my broken windows years, as crime rises, societies have to hire more security, in essence, creating jobs. See, if you follow the logic of these drunken stumble bumps, sexual deviants, it will lead you to understand exactly how this news of the new rising gas thefts, this is actually a good story, and it's a job creator. You're looking at gas thieves on the run. Three white trucks at the pumps at this Chevron station in Long Beach. Watch the left of your screen. When police show up, the thieves scatter. They're super organized. The trucks are equipped with huge plastic tanks. They break the gas pump so it just keeps dispensing. So now think about this. They had to buy those gas, those plastic tanks. So they went to a store and they bought something they would have never sold, just generating um, tax sales and also a product that was sold. So a uh, spur for the economy. Then they broke the gas pump. Now you've got to call up some jamoke with a tool belt, belt and his crack of his ass hanging out to come and fix that pump. Once again, spurring jobs. This is a good story. This is not a sign of a depression of Democrat futility or of an implosion economy. Not at all. This is all good stuff. Just ask Mayor Pete. Looks like the construction truck, but in the middle is designed as the tank. That means everything's modified. That's American ingenuity right there, baby. Look at also spurring entrepreneurial spirit among thieves and scumbags. Ta-da! The thieves have hit at least three L.A. area gas stations. In Wilmington, they got away with more than 5,000 gallons. $30,000 worth of diesel. Now the insurance company is going to pay out. The premiums will go up. Also good for the economy. And after all, you got to replace the $30,000. This is a job creator. Just follow the bouncing ball like Nancy. Pretend you've had a bottle of VO and you're waiting for somebody to take their clothes off. Supply chain is related to inflation. It's one of the reasons why, you know, when there was this, this big fight over whether the infrastructure bill was going to be a problem for inflation, you had a lot of economists saying, actually, this and then the Build Back Better vision, you know, taken together, this is going to ease inflationary pressures. Now, it's going to be great. Sure, just a, a what, a, a year and three months ago, you were paying two bucks and the economy was hum- humming along and everybody had money. But listen, that was nothing. You're going to love living under Democrat rule and sustenance and welfare. You're going to love it. Uh, I also think that the economic environment we're in is very different from the one that that sure. we had to climb out of, where the president led the investments that got us from you know staring off the cliff, worrying about recessions and depressions, to an unprecedented level of job creation and economic growth. Yeah, see, the way it works is when you take everyone's business and life and you put them under house arrest, then when you tell them, okay, let's start to go back to work, you could count those those jobs as new jobs. This is just fascinating. See, you've been looking at this all, all wrong. This has nothing to do with with the Democrat overreach and the government failure and corruption. This is great. Joe Biden is the greatest president of all. And by the way, Russia invaded Ukraine, and now we're going to give money to the Ukrainians. Sure, we're going to wrap it in a $1.5 billion pay-to-place game. But it's all going to be wonderful. And Pete Buttigieg says this is the greatest thing for the economy. You're just looking at it wrong. Uh, in that, that first year of this presidency, and along with that, uh, have come a, a lot of dynamics that we're not used to seeing. But, but, uh, yeah. and, and part of that's definitely a result of fiscal policy. But it's a but, fiscal policy success that our economy is growing, and, and growing in a better way than uh, I think most any other developed country. But it sounds- Yeah, well, he's convinced me. And um, this is much better 
than when oil was $30 a barrel and when the economy was booming and people were opening businesses. This way you've got it is fantastic. And now where is the money going? It's going to the Saudis. See, this is the big winner. You know, there's always a reason why we're told these lies by our government. Always a reason. And it always boils down to the same exact thing. It's about control of not just economies and seizing and backdoor nationalizing the American economy. It's about control of world economy. And what you're seeing now is a culmination of all the bad players. And this time we're included in it. And I'm absolutely right. And I'll tell you why. I've been listening to how Rutan Putin is the worst guy in the world. And I'm sure he is. I called for him to be assassinated months ago. This all started. You're going to go in another country? Blow that son of a dog up. I'm all for it. But that's not where the money is. The money is in demonizing Vladimir Putin in having this war. There are war profiteers, mainly in our own government, who continue to promote war around the world. But above all, they continue to lie to the people. See, we've already built multi-billionaires, and I don't just mean no-name comedians that happen to be the president of Ukraine. I'm talking about nations that are filled with zealots, religious zealots, bad, bad mamajamas. And every once in a while, the attention will get put on, and then it'll get put off, and then it'll get put on. This story is from Sunday, and I didn't get it on an American news media. Because what we're doing now, as we're pretending to hurt Putin, we're enriching all the bad players, not just that scumbag in Venezuela, but those inbreds in Saudi Arabia. And I have a problem with Saudi Arabia. I never liked them. And you think I would. After all, they wear those things on their head. It reminds me of my Uncle Charlie's pizza parlor. I'm convinced that's a pizza parlor sheet they got on their head. But the Saudis are bad, bad dudes. And this story happened not 70 years ago, not 100 years ago, but this happened Saturday. In one of the biggest mass executions in decades, Saudi Arabia executed 81 men on Saturday, which included seven Yemenis and one Syrian. And the number of executed this year has surpassed the 67 executions that took place in the kingdom in 2021. Saudi Arabia's interior ministry further issued a statement which read, and I quote, These individuals totaling 81 are convicted of various crimes, including murdering innocent men, women and children. The statement also said that crimes committed by these individuals also include pledging allegiance to foreign terrorist organizations. And whatever they say, they're guilty. There are no lawyers. And by the way, when they execute them, you know how they do it? Oh, they do it the old-fashioned way. They chop their heads off. Yes, they do. And that includes people of sexual proclivities. Ironically enough, the same kind that get you the jobs of transportation secretary in this country. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. AM560, the answer. Now, I know when I... um do an opening segment. I don't do it like everybody else. But there's a reason for that. These are not separate events. These are connected events. There is a major reason this is happening. We're being played. They couldn't wait to shove another omnibus bill in. This isn't about helping America. This isn't about helping anybody. This is about harming America, weakening America, but controlling it. See, the Democrat mafia isn't really interested in success the way you and I view success. Not at all. Their success is control. Their success is corruption. You can tell by these towns, these municipalities, these counties, these states that they've destroyed. And it's irrelevant to correct the corruption. In fact, what they're interested in is just funding the corruption. And that's what all these excuses are. All they need are more and more excuses. And at a certain point, 
If you really do care about the country, or if you are just used to saying slogans, none of it matters. But if you care about it, then you must demand it stops. We are being ruled by politicians rather than represented in a country that is established on exactly the opposite of the way it works today. This bill that was signed that is being celebrated by these old, crusty crooks, this is an atrocity to America. They're not helping Ukraine. And by the way, what do we get for all this money? You know, the way I tally it up, you're at uh, $25.9 billion. Anybody going to talk about it? Are they going to pay us back? What do we get for it? I mean, I know if you're connected to the Bidens, you already got paid off. The Bidens have already been bribed by Ihor Kolominsky. Sure, we could pretend it's, 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 it's Burisma. It's not. It's an oligarch. Igor Kolominsky. He's the same one that made this this president's career. You know the actor one? I know he's supposed to be the new Margaret Thatcher. Or is it Winston Churchill? I can't keep track. He does make me laugh my ass off. And I say ass off because of the ass off brigade. I want to focus a little bit on it. I also want to know how this guy, a comedian, is worth $596 million. How much is Tom Cruise worth? Granted, he's been through a couple divorces and maybe a liaison with, with uh, John Travolta. But how much is he worth? All of a sudden, a comedian on, on a TV is worth $600 million? I smell a rat. A stinky rat. Every time I say that, I want to play Ben from Michael Jackson, you know, before we knew he was a pedophile. Love that song. Mike and Union. Yeah, legal plunder. You know, as long as they pass a, bu- a bill, Sean, it's legal plunder. It's, what it's, kind of an ass-kicking did we get in this bill? Do we, can we uh, expect maybe the IRS to track us uh, for $5,000 in over-transactions in this wonderful bill? And, and, and it must be really wonderful if Mayor, Mayor Pete thinks it's great. Um, what say you, Sean? I say this. I say when a man has to be nervous about transferring his own money to his family and friends or for work, but a government can create money to pay off campaign contributors, you have a corrupt country. And boy, oh boy, does that sound like this one, doesn't it? You guys who work, you're nervous, right? Because you know in this boondoggle of, a, of an omnibus bill, there is money for exactly what Mike and Union just talked about. The IRS has been weaponized, much as the FBI has been weaponized, much as the Department of Justice has been weaponized. Because this country is more concerned, unfortunately, this government is more concerned with keeping down the honest man while enriching the corrupt man, just like Ukraine. That's why it's starting to make more and more sense to me. But don't think for a minute I ever bought the real story, because I can remember before Martha Raddus turned into the Crypt Keeper on HBO, she had a story about eight years ago that really, really grabbed my attention. It was, you know, eight years ago, it wasn't the Cold War anymore, but I said, boy, oh boy, I really don't like the CIA. A bewildering international incident to tell you about tonight, a kind of spy thriller, an American man detained in Moscow, accused of being a spy and allegedly caught in the act. But the act was so baffling, it raised a lot of questions. ABC's chief global affairs correspondent, Martha Raddatz, with the details. The Russians say Ryan Fogel is no diplomat. They say they caught the 29-year-old American red-handed trying to recruit a Russian intelligence officer to spy for the U.S. They rolled out supposed evidence. Two wigs, three pairs of glasses, Ziploc bags filled with wads of euros, a microphone, and this letter intended, they say, for the would-be spy. It what did the letter say? Oh, we're going to make you wait. 312-642-5600. I'll play the way the CIA has been bribing government officials around the world in a little while. 
AM 560. The answer. Meatloaf! I love this son of a gun. Speaking of love, is it true there are squirrel hands? Did Juicy Smollier's in a psych ward? I don't get it. Why? Oh, he's out of the psych ward? They give him a tilted kill costume? Is he prancing through Gen Pop? Oh, he didn't have a regular bed. Oh, sure. You're going to want a comfortable bed. <laughs> There's no question about it. You know, uh, do you think this $1.5 trillion boondoggle could have passed without Ukraine? I, I wonder if it could have. If you pay a dollar a second, $1 a second to try to pay this off, it'll take you 48,000 years. Not a lot of thought going into paying it off, but there's a lot of thought into getting it started. There's a lot of thought in distracting the American people. There's a lot of thought in buying your favoritism and your cheering for their corruption. And it brought me back to an old CIA story. I remember the Crypt Keeper before she turned into it. She was Martha Raddus and a report she did eight years ago. Reads, dear friend, we are ready to offer you $100,000 to discuss your experience, expertise, and cooperation. We can offer up to $1 million a year for long-term cooperation. It's no secret. So the CIA can buy other government officials and offer them up to $1 million a year, and it's not disclosed anywhere. In fact, their entire budget is completely dark. You don't hear a word. That the U.S. and Russia still spy on one another. Here in Washington, it's part of the lore of the city. This mailbox was once the place where an American double agent would leave a mark to signal his Russian handlers. Oh, the good old days. And remember Anna Chapman, part of a Russian Facebook. sleeper cell living a suburban life who was expelled in 2010. But today's case is a little mysterious. Look closer at that evidence. The Whigs, it's raising questions. Spycraft that seems more Maxwell smart than James Bond. Except for the million dollars a year to the Russian government official. And now when we I'd like to do a little liaison into the CIA, when you hear Biden's Jake Sullivan, you know that ugly son of a gun, he looks like he fell off of a Toy Story poster. Do you ever see him? You know what I'm talking about? Jake Sullivan, he looks like a Woody from Toy Story, only a little bit more feminine. See, he's an interesting cat. Jake Sullivan was a CIA operative, and now he's a spokesman for the White House. I always love when he gives me an update on current affairs. This is getting very close to NATO territory. Is the U.S. policy that any strike into Polish territory or airspace, intentional or unintentional? Oh, that's the part, unintentional. Like, how do you know where it came from, CIA Jake Sullivan? Is an attack on NATO. The president has been clear repeatedly that the United States will work with our allies to defend every inch of NATO territory, and that means every inch. And if there is a military attack on NATO territory, uh, it would cause the invocation of Article 5, and we would bring the full force of the NATO alliance to bear in responding to it. But that's So as we're entering World War Three, and you're being called all kinds of names, what are you, an isolationist? What are you, a neocon? <laughs> These are the same idiots that chanted for Iraq. Anybody want to talk about it? Did anybody say they're sorry? What the hell did we do in Iraq? These are the same morons that stoked us giving the Taliban a country in Afghanistan. These are the same buffoons that don't want to tell me why are we occupying a third of Syria and just the oil fields and where is the money going from the oil fields? Anybody want to talk about it? Although it would explain how the CIA can bribe all these officials. I mean, that's just me thinking. You know, I like to do that. I'm cursed by it. And it's not going to get you anywhere thinking. You know, if I was smart, I'd put on one of those tilted-killed costumes, start prancing around Washington, D.C., 
And who knows, maybe I could be the head of the transportation department. Your administration has been very clear about not wanting to raise taxes on average Americans, on the middle class, but uh, gas prices at the pump have been a huge tax on anybody who is driving anywhere. Um, what do you do about that? And are you in favor of potentially putting a hold on the national gas tax in, in the meantime until those prices do come down? Cross the line now. Well, it continues to be important to keep options open. As you know, the president's taken a lot of steps <laughs> to bring relief and to help stabilize oil prices, including that big release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Of course, the long-term solution for this yeah. is energy independence. and A, a day and a half they released. Now, he knows the answer is energy independence. Shift to renewable energy uh, uh, here in this country. There it is, the payoff scheme. But it's an interesting point about the gas tax. This is why you, un you must understand a rise in costs is not the government's enemy. It is their friend. Their taxes increase drastically. When you pay $10 for a widget and inflation drives that price up to $20 and the sales tax is 6%, the government just doubled its extortion fee. So now you're turning to the government to help you? They love inflation. They love raising costs. After all, it's how they can pretend they have revenue. Don't worry. It doesn't matter. You're still broke. You're going to have to pass another omnibus bill in about six months because that's all this $1.5 trillion is going to buy you. Six months. Ignacio, Spring Grove. Hey, Sean. You always, you always make me think, and I appreciate it. You were mentioning uh, our local our Washington, D.C. oligarch, Biden. Based on what you said of the money that he's worth, and I'm just being generous. I want to say he only earned 200000 a year. No, no, no. I, I was saying, I was saying the uh, the, uh, the 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 Margaret Thatcher and uh, of Ukraine is worth five hundred and ninety six million. We don't know what the Biden family is worth, but go ahead. Your point well, is understood. Okay, the, the the point is this: that whether it's the Margaret Thatcher of Ukraine or whether it's Joe Biden, these people on average they make about five thousand nine hundred percent on their money. Okay? Yeah. These guys, we have oligarchs, and they keep throwing the word oligarch around. We have oligarchs. We do. They run, they, they run the country. They're making the money. And it's all, a drug dealer doesn't make money at the rate these guys make money. That's no. Not the point. In, in fact, if, if, if a drug dealer really wanted to do well for his family, he would go into government. Thank you very much, Ignacio. I appreciate the call very much. Bill in Chicago. Hi, Sean, thanks for having me. Anytime, buddy. Hey, I wanted to talk about campaign finance reform. It seems like the issue you're talking about matter-related, and I'm really concerned about how none of this stuff gets reformed and how corporate America seems to control every decision that they make in D.C. Bill, I will say it does get reformed. In fact, they've reformed us into an open and notorious bribery system that we still believe is campaign contributions. Let's just call it what it is. It is bribery. Open and notorious, which is why the corporations that give the most seem to do the best when they cook up these big omnibus bills. Now, you want to call it PAC laws or whatever you want to call it, it is lawmakers creating an avenue for corruption. The only systemic problem in this country is corruption. But go ahead. Well, so my point is you can't have an honest politician if you don't reform how to get the cash. Bingo. And who they owe the decisions that they make to. Exactly. Are you waiting for me so to argue I'll, with I'll that point? Oh no! You can get it. You can get it fixed. You can get it fixed. 
on a, on a state-by-state level because there are states, not the country anymore and not political parties, there are states that want to be honest. It, and here's the other thing, Bill. It's dwindling. I used to say 21. I'm, I'm really down to about 15 now. And that's the reality. The systemic problem with this country is that you have a, a moronic society. I mean a moronic society. After all, you just elected an 80-year-old who's for 50 years been a failure. Let's say, let's say he doesn't have dementia. Let's pretend he has his wits about him. For 50 years, Joe Biden has been a punchline, a punchline of a man. And he just got 81 million votes of dead people alive. But whatever the case is, the country sat there as this idiot usurped the most powerful office in the country, let alone the world. So you're asking me if you think we can get these same idiots who would vote for this buffoon to say stop bribing? I don't think so, buddy. They want in on the pie. They don't want to see the pie get thrown out the window. Thank you very much, Bill, but I'm with you. Are you with us? 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. Oh, the good old days. I remember staying home from school watching Get Smart. He dressed like Dan Proft. Um, oh, I got some good calls. I got some good calls. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Joe, Oak Forest. Hey, how are you? Good, Joe. Hey, I, I got a quick question. I was hearing on another show, it's more like an educational question for myself, but uh, um, they were saying that it's not necessarily, current inflation wasn't necessarily tied to the president or whatever, but he says more to the treasury and monetary policy, but I, I don't know anything enough to, to make a kind of decision one Joe, way or that, another. I want to know your opinion on it. Well, that's that's the spin, okay, that the Federal Reserve, they, they want plausible deniability, so they pretend that the Federal Reserve is not a quasi-government entity. It is. It's a government entity. It works at uh-huh. the direction and the needs of the government. The government wants to be able to blame the Fed, but the government is the one that has begged the Fed to print more money and more spending. And all of these programs, I want you to think about something. The inflation that they just caused today, by signing an additional $1.5 trillion, negates the fact that they've already printed up through Biden's bills $4 trillion. Through fo- the, trying to imitate the velocity of money, they've monetized debt to another $6 trillion. It can do nothing wow. but rally costs o- across the board. Not only that, couple that with the fact that for the first time in American history, in world history, the government shut down macro economy. It's never happened before. Wow. So they don't know what they're doing. But what I am going to say to you is, this is the beginning. Not the middle and not the end. This is the beginning. And through their ignorance and through their corruption, they have one direction. That is to print more money. They cannot stop. They just did it now with the trillion. They're going to tell you the whole time it's good for you. I play these clips by these children. Pete Buttigieg is a child, but ideologically he's connected to clout. His father was a, right. was a Clinton or a Carter guy. His father is a notable Marxist professor. So he is interwoven oh. with this new ideology of government control. And what I'm trying to advocate for is the only restraint in this country isn't to be on me and you. It's to be on them, yet they're unfettered. And their corruption, we just had the calls about campaign corruption. The kind of money that flows into these elections, that's disgusting. And it's despicable. And that, too, is inflationary. Because that's taking money out of the economy, and it's bribing politicians. So you are on not the road to surf them anymore. You're on Venezuela. You're on the road to Caracas. Thank you very much, Joe. I just All right, thank you. copyright thank you. that there, Squirrel Hands, Road to Caracas. Jim, Milwaukee. Hey, okay, uh, yeah, you're just kind of saying this, what, what my comment is that inflation is nothing but and totally um, government 
creating fiat currency out of nothing. And that, that it goes into the hands of the, <clears throat> the wealthy first and slowly trickles down to others, and it destroys the middle class and the, and the poor. And that uh, is our the plan. Cl- cl- clamoring for help and subsidies from the government, but it's, it's destroying them. It's just, it's, everything is, is the government's fault. It's just, You're absolutely you know, right. I found the problem, and it's the government. But here's the other thing you've got to remember, Jim. This is the objective. The, the, the greatest threat to corrupt politicians is a very strong middle class because most middle class people don't want to be on welfare. Now you've used emergency circumstances, whether you call it the pandemic or whatever you call it, whether you call it the war in Ukraine, they need all this because through this you disarm your suspicions and you subjugate right. yourself to them. And this is why they need one emergency after the next emergency after the next, always in an emergency. In the meantime, the middle class becomes comfortable with going on government welfare and having their kids go right. on government welfare through Pell Grants and the rest of it. So now you've, now, you've now, psychologically overthrown an American spirit, and that in there lies the real problem. Here's the good news, Jim. You're old enough to remember right from wrong. So just enjoy that and tell your grandkids what it used to be. Thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate it. Should I put lipstick on that pig? Should I tell you the problem isn't the Republicans? Oh, it is. They have the same banker, and I'll play Adam Kinzinger when I get back. And the rest of the frauds and the scum. Let's get to Ken in Aurora. I don't want to leave him hang. Ken, what's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm just disgusted with the the whole uh, idea of the spending. I don't have any say about it other than voting every four years. I'm just wondering, you know, what's going to be the the spark that lights the fire? You need to, here's what you need to do. You need to take Ken and your family and everybody like you and go to a state that recognizes your Americanism. It's not like that, Ken. You feel like that because you're in Aurora. You feel like that because you're in Aurora. And I understand it's expensive and it's hard and it's, so is life. Think about your ancestors. Pack the kids up in your station wagon and go to a good state. Your life will be better. Your taxes will be lower. And your, your overall feeling about optimism will be greater. That's what it's like. That's what I'm trying to convey to you. Not everything's that corrupt sewer that would elect an oligarch fat slob like Pritzker and pretend he's anything but an absolute perfect picture of Illinois mafia. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Every one of the Bidenomics spending bills goes to strengthen labor extortionists called unions. You could pretend that municipal unions are the bad guys, and they absolutely are. But so many private sector unions that were on their ass before the mafia took control of our government. They now love it because they understand how the game is played. See, you're negotiating contracts with political whores who are not held to account and have endless streams of money. It's a great scam if you can get in on it. And their greatest threat is something what's called the right to work. See, what that means is competition. The idea that you're paying this astronomical extortion cost for public sector workers of all kinds is outrageous rather than government doing what it is supposed to do, which is get us the best deal. In fact, they get us the worst deal. 
That's why I love having on Mark Mix. He's the president of the National Right uh, to Work Committee. Thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. And I'm Sean, good. Yeah, it's good to be on with you again. You're under pressure, and thank you for the uh, the basic economic lesson. I feel like I've got a bachelor's degree in economics after that last 15 minutes or so. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you know, it's infuriating to me because the reality is this country is bankrupt because of the political corruption. Your area of expertise has its finger on the major problem. The major problem, I mean, it's it's got other problems, but this is a major problem. And for Americans to pretend that government invests or creates jobs rather than redistributes debt as a pretend occupation, in there lies the problem. And I need organizations like yours to point that out. Yeah, indeed. And everything you're talking about when it comes to the spending, there's a common denominator in all of these spending bills. And not only is it designed to bail out some of the worstly managed financial states in the country, unfortunately, Sean, like yours, but I don't think I'll get any disagreement with you on that. Mm. But the common theme in all of this is is creating the lack of competition when it comes to how the government spends this money. I mean, we can argue that they're spending way too much, but then get down to the money that's being signed and being printed and being created and being sent into the economy. They're spending it on projects that give preference to union bosses. And what that means is that every one of these bills, all these bills that have come from the Biden administration have included provisions that say everything that's going to be built with government money is going to be going to have a 30%, up to a 30% increase price tag because only union contractors can participate. And then it goes farther and says that every construction job will be what's called a project labor agreement, meaning that non-union contractors really can't bid on those jobs. So you take 87% of all the construction workers across America and you say those companies, those workers can't bid on federal jobs or state jobs that include federal money because don't, they don't force their workers into unions and don't force them to pay union dues. That's corruption. And Mark, what's shocking to me is that this isn't 1956 anymore. The evidence is extremely clear in the pay-to-play scheme that is organized labor and the union mafias. Why is this still happening in the year 2021? Is it just because so many people say, I want in on this scam, rather than break it apart? But the greatest example is small municipalities around Chicagoland that wheel out tens of millions of dollars equipment to cut grass for, for, for village property and connected guys' property. I mean, how much of this are the people going to take in the year 2021? Or are they just beaten down by it and want in on the scam, in your opinion? Well, I don't think they're beaten down by it. I think they're awakening to it, and that's good news. Here in Virginia, where we had a gubernatorial race and we had House of Delegates races, I mean, basically the state turned over politically because of the, the mismanagement of the power of the one party that was in charge. They had a trifecta. And what did they do? The first thing they did was authorize union bargaining for government employees um, at the local option level. And, Sean, you've already talked about the impact that that has. But, you know, so the people, uh, parents of kids in Loudoun County and across the Commonwealth of Virginia said, you know what, enough's enough. And they changed their voting behavior. They changed the government. And I'll tell you what, Sean, if the Republicans screw it up, they'll change it back again, unfortunately. Um, and it's, the probability of that happening is probably pretty high. We see that whether you're looking at Washington, whether you're looking, well, in Springfield, they don't get a chance. But no. here in Richmond, they got a chance. So, you know, people are waking up to it, Sean. I don't think they're giving up. I think they're waking up. And there are some bright points. In fact, there was a big deal in Atlanta with Ecolab employees. Why don't you tell my yeah. audience what happened there? <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, th- this is an interesting, uh, uh, basically a problem that's been created by union officials and politicians again. Basically, once you get into a union, it's nearly impossible to get out. And what's happened is the bureaucracy here in Washington, D.C. has created all kinds of bars, not not bars like St. Patty's Day bars on the northeast yeah. side. Not- yeah, yeah, two days ago or whatever that was, yeah. but but bars meaning bar stopping you from from actually taking uh, taking uh, on, on your own behalf, taking action on your behalf. And so what happened there was these workers decided they wanted to get out of the union. They didn't like the representation they were getting, so they used a little known piece of uh, labor policy as you can decertify a union, meaning you can vote to throw them out. But when you try to do that, the unions, first of all, will file what's called unfair labor practices. They'll block the election. And it will con- the, the representation, and I'm using my finger quotes, representation will continue until some kind of independent agency back here in Washington decides that it's okay to go forward with the election. And that is if it doesn't hit one of these bars, like a successor bar, meaning when you, a company is sold to an entirely different ownership, you can't decertify the union or a contract bar you can't decertify union for up to three years once a contract signed or in the case like this a decertification bar it can only come at a certain point in the process and if you don't hit that just right that window just right the the election's blocked well these workers voted they got the requisite number of of signers to say we're not satisfied with the union they voted the union the union was voted out the union appeals it basically the nlrb looks at it and says you know what these workers are being honest in their behavior. The employer has nothing to do with it, so we're going to let them out. But it takes that legal process, John, and that's our mission here at the Right to Work Foundation is to help employees through that process because, frankly, hiring a lawyer to do this on your own would cost more than the union dues. It may not cost more than the problems that representation causes, union monopoly representation, but getting these workers out and having them exercise their rights is really what we do. And there's more of that growing across the country, Sean. You know, we heard this, you know, this last year was, you know, strike November or whatever they called it, wherever the framing was, that all these unions were standing up and exercising their power. Well, the, the untold story is that there's been more decertification elections across the country than there's been, you know, in success in those decertification elections that anyone wants to talk about, and that's workers throwing union officials out. And, you know, Mark, uh, it was true that before the Democrats made their, their uh, resurrection into uh, gangster government, uh, private sector unions... And I, I listen, I come from union people. I know the ins and outs. I worked in unions myself. Private sector unions were really not in power anywhere anymore. In fact, the only thing that ever kept them alive was the corruption in municipalities and government. Is that not true? Well, you're actually right, Sean. Right now, according to the 2021 statistics, there are actually more government union members in America than there are private sector union members. How can the people put up a fight against this when they found really, in essence... The perfect virtue shield, the perfect Trojan horse to pretend to be essential, to uh, justify their corruption and um, bastardize our government. And and the losses are astronomical. The only uh, I don't even know if you call Ford and GM or the UAW. Uh, are, they, are those considered private companies? And if so, why when they're quasi government funded? I don't understand any of it. Yeah, that's a great question. You're you're digging too deep. Come on, don't right, don't so. don't be thinking too hard about these things. But you're right. I mean, they've been bailed out by taxpayers, and the UAW now is still in trouble. They've got uh, what twelve of their elected officials are in jail. Their high-ranking elected officials are in jail right now because of embezzlement and stealing and racketeering and those types of crimes that are committed by union officials. Because, Sean, to your original point, there's no competition inside the union. Once you have this monopoly power in place. It's very difficult, and when employees are forced to pay dues in order to keep their jobs or get a job, 
There's no accountability there. The only way you hold union officials accountable is, is basically through your wallet. If you can withhold money from them because of their behavior, their political endorsements, their ideological causes, or their corruption, that's the only way you can clean up unions. We knew that back at the, in the Landrum-Griffin Act way back in 1958 and 59 when we started talking about organized crime control of, of, organized, labor, of, you know, of organized labor. And that's not anything that's gone away at this point. I mean, right now, New Jersey and New York are fighting over the decommissioning of the Waterfront Commission, which basically was created to basically investigate and prosecute organized crimes involvement in the ports. And if you look at the stories that have come out in New York just in the last two or three days, you realize that nothing really has changed, Sean. Oh, sure they have. They have Pete Buttigieg is in charge of transportation. He's got control of the ports now. I'm sure they're very intimidated by Pete Buttigieg, and they're um, probably willing to bend knee, pun is intended, to Pete Buttigieg's will and just help America out by easing up the supply chain problems and automating those ports. Is that not true? Well, I don't think anyone's intimidated by him. You know, the fact that he did take a train home from college is important in, in his overall knowledge of the transportation system. I think that, you know, yeah. benefits and newers in his, in his favor. But the bottom line is this. He went up to the ports in Los Angeles and Long Beach where the supply chain crisis is basically started in across America because 40% of all of our imports come through those two ports. Well, guess what? John, the ILA, the ILWU, the International Longshoremen and Union Warehouse Workers, has got a contract that's going to expire basically at the end of June, the beginning of July. And every time a contract's expired out there, guess what's happened? There's been a labor dispute. There's been a job action. They've slowed down. They've stopped. Buttigieg goes out there and says, well, we've got to keep these things going. Nobody's listening to him. You talk to anybody that follows the, the supply chain issue in the country, and they will tell you that nothing that Biden has done has improved anything, not anything. Except unions. I'm going to say unions. I'm going to say everything he did um, it has improved unions, has improved the stronghold over the American public. There's a way to take it out, in my opinion. There are good union members that are extorted themselves, and they know the game, and they're afraid to talk about it, but they know it full well. I think a great way to, to bring the unions down is to um, alleviate the automatic dues paid from the salary from their paychecks i know there was some movement on that about seven eight months ago or maybe it's more maybe it's before biden swore in is it in fact possible to make the union members have to write a separate check rather than having that deducted from their check like taxes where they really don't have a say in it how many of them would not pay their union dues i mean isn't that a great way to tear down that castle of corruption Absolutely, Sean. And, and you're, you're spot on in your analysis. Basically, everyone asks me, Mark, you know, if you were ever president of the United States, what would you do? And they think I would pass a national right to work law freeing all workers from forced unionism. In fact, I probably should do that. But what I would do, and I think this is what you're onto, is I would make every, this would be a, an employer mandate, which I know you don't like, Sean, but listen, no. hear me out. Right. I would force every employer to pay every employee in cash money twice a year. Cash money, you gotta take the, in your gross wages, you get your gross wages. But before you leave, you have to stop by all the offices and pay your federal tax, your state tax, your FICA tax, your Medicaid tax, and you have to peel off a few 20s for the union dues. It would change things dramatically. You're right. The payroll deduction system, the unions know that's the secret to their success. Because if a worker had to cut a check each month, like the gas bill or the electric bill or the bills they pay monthly, they would say, what am I getting for this? Or why does it cost so much? And once they start asking those questions, then union officials would have to answer in order to get their revenue. It would solve the problem, really. And there's another, uh, another big bonus that I was reading about on your site. Bloomington, Indiana, the mechanics and customer service employees at Penske. This is a big deal. Yeah. And they threw yeah. the Teamsters out on their ass, did they not? 
They did, uh, along with some XPO logistics folks and some other folks, just in the last couple of months, we've helped numerous employees exercise their rights to try to get rid of the union that's, that claims to represent them and claims to benefit them when you have a large majority of employees say, wait a minute, we don't believe that's true and we'd like, it, we'd like to get out. Now, this, is, this hits home. I, uh, my old man was a bricklayer uh, in the 60s and 70s, and I started out as their laborer. And that was going to be my thing. I was going to be a bricklayer. I started out in the whole thing. And that big, fat slob business agent would come around in his Buick Roadmaster with love handles hanging off his ears. And he'd try to shake down guys on the job. $20 for lunch or you were not going to go to the next job and the rest of it. Indiana U.S. brick employees challenge uh, the union mafia. How did it work out? Yeah, no, that's an interesting case because here's what happened there. U.S. Brick was basically forced to sell the, well, let me back up. General Shale owned that little Monroeville company out in Indiana and said basically the, they wanted to buy additional businesses. And so the Department of Justice got in and said, wait a minute, you will be too big and too powerful unless you shed some of your assets. So what they had to do is they had to go find a buyer for this particular facility. And a company called U.S. Brick came in and bought that. But because of another bar, and not the type that served green beer on Saturday, just to yeah. do that again for you. But, but they said there was a, what's called a successor bar, meaning so the federal government forces the company to sell this unit. A new, a new company comes in and buys it. The employees say, okay, the issues that we had with the private previous employer and the unionization deal there, that's over. We got a new employer. Let's, let's get a new sheet of paper out. Let's get rid of the union. Well, guess what, Sean? That election was blocked because of a so-called successor bar that says you can't decertify a union for up to a year um, after a management turnover or management change, which in most cases unions are saying, you know, management is unfair. So we, we get a new management, you ought to be able to get a sh- clean sheet of paper, but not under the National Labor Relations Board rule. So we're still representing U.S. BRIC employees. Uh, they've got to go in the National Labor Relations Board again and try to get this election to go through. Um, it'll take a while. Um, but the unions love it. They get to keep their control as long as, they, as long as this is an active litigation. You know how my brain works, Mark, when you're talking? I would love to find out how the new company coming in buying the existing company, where their financing comes back to. I got five cigars that says it comes back to a union-funded organization. You want to make a buy on that, kid? Yeah, uh, I don't want to bet against you, Sean. You're, <laughs> All right, very uh, good. You're too smart on too many topics. Oh, I'm going to yeah. let it go. But oh, I, thank you. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't prove you wrong. Yeah, so, well, his name is Mark Mix, and it's through organizations like the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation that gives me hope, Mark, because it's going to take guys like you and people like these union members who are tired of being extorted to break this mafia hold on our country and our government. So thank you so much for everything you do. I truly appreciate it. Sean, appreciate being on with you. And as I said last time, stay angry, my friend. You got it. That's easy. I, I, I sleep angry. We'll be back after this with your phone calls. AM560, the answer. Um, how used to abuse Americans get is what is really, honestly, astonishing to me. The headline is oil plunges. It's 95 fracking dollars a barrel, you idiots. And you know how there's people out there who think it's a good day? Ooh, it's a good day. Dow Jones up 600. Does anyone want to know why? It's because they passed a pay-to-play scheme called a spending bill. And the Ponzi scheme goes on. John in Palatine. Hey, uh, Sean. Uh, hi. Listen, uh, you talk about uh, some of the primary candidates uh, every day. 
And curiously, I noticed on uh, the, the front page of the Daily Herald this morning, uh, they prominently featured uh, Darren uh, Bailey, uh, as well as uh, Richard Irvin and uh, Jesse Sullivan. But uh, curiously, I, I didn't see Gary Rabine on the on the front page. Uh, do you have anything? Do you know I anything think, about I, that? I mean, I think you know. I don't know. I mean, Darren Bailey might be. I mean, he's he's obviously a decent guy, but the real threat to the establishment, in my opinion, is Gary Rabine. And um, I'm not surprised that the, what was it? The Daily Herald. What is it? Do they? Yeah, even, Daily they Herald. Don't they print that on Charmin? Gives a rip. It's toilet paper anyway, isn't it? I mean, uh, I'm not shocked at the 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 attacks or the abuse because what they what they really want is the scum, Richard Irving or the fraud, the Mitt Romney wannabe, Juicy Sullivan to be the the nominee so they can make sure that this scam keeps going on. They want the Kinzinger Republicans. That's what they're that's what they're interested in in Illinois. Illinois Republican Party is a punchline and a disgrace occupied by scum lobbyists and their moron meathead families. Go ahead. That makes sense. Uh, I did read in that article that uh, uh, recently uh, Jeannie Ives threw her support to uh, Darren Bailey, so that's uh, kind of significant for local uh, Republicans in the area. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the reality is, do you think a Republican stands a chance in that welfare state? I mean, this is all pretty much, uh, I mean, it's good news, but I don't think they stand a chance. You, you mark my words. There'll be a sweep throughout the country, except for, the, for Illinois. And that beanbag with a pumpkin, although mentioned in numerous FBI tapes with Blagojevich, God knows what, how many times he's mentioned in the, in the Madigan, he'll be the next governor. You know why? He understands the remedy. Just keep giving cheese to the loyal slaves. They'll keep voting Democrat. I hope I'm wrong, John. I yeah. want to be wrong. But I rarely am. Me too. Just ask my wife. Thank you very much. I'm also a tiger in the sack. Ask my wife. Ty- uh, Dave Orlando. Hey, Sean. How are you? Very good. How are you? Listen, hey, I just wanted to celebrate a very small hash mark in the win column today with Sarah Raskin. That tree-hugging, crooked politician actually withdrew her nomination. Legitimate Marxist. The husband's. Yeah. The husband is another. He's another fruit of the loins of a Marxist professor, just like Buttigieg. And and she oh, sure. makes him look like Warren Buffett. And the idea that she was going to get on, I mean, this is a great victory, and I agree. We should celebrate. And, you know, every once in a while, even though he pelled around with Robert Byrd and Joe Biden, Manchin uh, does something nice. So thank goodness we got guessed. that. Saved yeah, again by Manchin. Yeah, boy, oh, boy. You know what this reminds me of? This is like when the prisoners celebrate fake turkey on Thanksgiving. That's how beaten down and how papillon-like we've become. Thank you, Dave. We are trained Marxists. Exactly. Yes, you are. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. Don't play my workout music during my work. Makes me want to go on break. I still can't get over Zelensky. 600 million. What is he, Nancy Pelosi? How the hell did these politicians rack up this kind of dull ray me? I mean, I understand he was an actor, but you know what his salary was? I looked it up, 770 grand. We're at 600 million. Boy, oh boy. I got to meet that Ihor Kolominsky. Hunter Biden made a fortune. This kid made a fortune. A lot of stuff going on. Mark Weiermiller, Chicago. Is your mask on your genitals, Mark? No, the mask thing is, uh, you know, I made national news there. Yeah, you uh, made that fat slob famous. What was his name? 
uh, I don't want to say his name, but, uh, you know, it was at the Glenview School District about three weeks ago. All I did was take off my mask to speak during public comment. And he, uh, I, I said, I'll wear the mask on my head to comply. And he said, I could wear it on my blanking uh, uh, body part. I can't say it on the radio. I don't want to get Why don't, why don't you say light foot? He said you could wear it on your light foot. Yes, yes. All right, go ahead. But uh, I want to tell you about the parades. I went to both parades, uh, downtown and the uh, Southside Irish Parade. Southside Irish, Pritzker and Lightfoot were both booed. There's rumors that they had to leave the parade, but I was marching with them for two blocks. And He left the parade because he's 800 pounds. You know what it's like to walk two blocks when you're 800 pounds? He's sweating and everything. It was cold. The fat slob can't walk two blocks, but go ahead. Yeah, well, it was it was embarrassing, but they had it planned, and they had their their people saying JB JB to try to cover up the booing. I have two videos on Twitter. If you look me up, Mark Warmel on Twitter, I've got two videos of the people booing. One of them, a lady, does does a big thumbs down when Pritzker is walking by. So that's pretty impressive. So yeah, but, but it's not as impressive as the pay for the whoever's got to rub the calamine lotion on Pritzker's inner thighs after a parade march. You know, oh yeah, but on, on the better side of the parade. The, the Grand Marshal was this Carlos Yenes, who was the police officer who was severely wounded the day Ella French was killed back in August of last year. So yeah. he was the Grand Marshal. Oh, it, it, it was fantastic to see him start the parade, a big back the blue thing. But oh. then today, probably talked about they want to fire all these policemen for not getting the not getting the jab. I mean, it's well, insane. Listen, Why, I, 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 listen, cops are like people, right? There are some good, some bad, everybody in the middle. But I'm going to tell you this. This is the problem when you vote Democrat for the mafia. Then they turn around and they mandate stuff to you. So for every copper that voted Democrat, uh, you got what you, you deserve as far as I'm concerned. You shouldn't have been voting for these rat bastards. I, I'm, I'm not for mandates. It's outrageous. But they don't care because they're a mafia. They're organized crime. That's the only way they got in. It's how they're going to rule. And you got what you deserved in Chicago. I have no sympathy for anybody that ever voted Democrat in Chicago. This is only the culmination. This is the destination of corruption that you voted for. But what else you got coming right. up, Mark? I know you got you got a, you got a very boring life, and you traveled to all these social events. What else you got coming up? Well, I'm going to hear Dan Prof speak tonight at a, a New Turn Neighbors out in the suburbs. Going to be talking about some equality or equity. I'm not sure, but uh, all right. Will you do me a favor? Will you will you call me tomorrow and see if he's dressed like a six foot one Lori Lightfoot? Can you do that for me? Because they have the same exact stylist. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Well, look at the picture I posted on uh, social media. Of I don't go Denver. on social media. Mark Wire Miller, I'm a man. I'm a, come on. Thank you very much for calling the show. Social Zing. media. Social media. Please. Nick in Chicago. Hi, Nick. Hey, Sean. How are you? Good, buddy. I dig what you're doing, man. I'm calling to uh, make a recommendation for you to watch a uh, documentary on YouTube. It could be fun on YouTube. Originally aired on WTTW, it's called Exit Zero, it's spelled out Z-E-R-O, uh-huh. a industrial family story. So it does a good job of outlining the downfall of the steel mills on the southeast side of the city where I grew up. And um, even though yep. the, the producer doesn't, she kind of gives them a little bit of cover, she does a good job of outlining the union's part in destroying the steel mills and ruining all those lives. That Nick, uh, you mean it wasn't, it wasn't capitalism? It wasn't competition that ruined the steel mills. You no. mean to tell me it was organized labor? Wow. Eddie Verdoliak, that scumbag, parasite, fast yes, Eddie, prince of the city, uh-huh. ruined that neighborhood. Yeah. He's in jail where he belongs. 
Yeah, laughing at us. He made billions of dollars. The only reason he's in jail is he yeah. ran out of friends. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. But that's always the case. And then just blame capitalism. It's like this administration. All right, let's go to, uh, is it Merck in Northbrook? Yes, yes. How you doing, Sean? Hey, buddy. What's up? Uh, just calling to see if you had any comment uh, as to how the uh, the microcosm of the CME is working like the government, where all the B-Shear guys have been shut down, shut out. The, the price of the memberships have been, like, crushed. Guys from other uh, organizations and countries are trading for, like, cheaper than the member rates are tra- being traded for. And this is hitting the fan. This is hitting the fan, and there is a court case that's, coming up where it's going to be a class action and there'll be more information out on it tomorrow i mean uh, next week a week from today really well listen yeah. i left in 05 and i left because right. of the i left because of the rule change and it was during that rule change that i investigated it and i said okay it is now to the point where i was looking at my trading cards and I wasn't trading with banks anymore. I was, I was picking off my friends, right? You're trading with your friends and you're trading with other locals. Sure. Because what people don't sure. realize is it, is it used to be illegal for banks to collude and to enter their trades on a black box. And it was at that moment that you bastardized the market. So as far as I'm concerned... Not you only could, that, you were then able to see every, every order that was in there. Yeah. And guys were, you put an order in and to trade against something, it would disappear. And then they would front run and, it and do the whole nine yards. I know exactly what you're talking exactly, about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, I don't and, know if you're familiar with, with uh, what's going on with, with this case, but I think it is coming down, and the corruption will be exposed. I hope you're right, buddy, but I have to tell you, the, uh, uh, what would lead to that is a non-biased, non-corrupted judicial system. And where is the case being held? Chicago. All right, brother. Uh, I hate to ruin your day, but don't be cracking open those Oreos just yet. I am not uh, thinking that uh, it's going to be a good outcome. The Democrats infiltrated the judicial system. And that's why when you hear a shooting, you hear things like this in the south side of Chicago. Charges this morning after a 52-year-old man was shot yesterday in the South Loop neighborhood. Prosecutors charged 20-year-old Adam Davis with aggravated battery and assault. Aggravated battery and assault. You shot the guy in the leg. Now, why? Would you get charged with aggravated battery and assault? Did you fit the narrative? You were 20 years old. Were you a minority? Oh, I think you were. Were you protected by Kim Vox? Were you a member of the gangs that she protects? I mean, you shoot a guy in the leg. What else did you do? Did you do, you know, you're 20 years old in Chicago. You probably got, what, nine years of stealing and robbing? Police say he shot the victim in the leg at a parking garage at Roosevelt, Michigan. Investigators also say Davis got into a physical fight with a 44-year-old Officers arrested him at the scene, and he's expected to be in bond court today. Oh, you get to go to bond court. Tempted murder, have your charges pled down. See, you've corrupted the, the judicial system. You've cr- corrupted the prosecution. you corrupted the whole damn system. So you think they're going to get you on a financial crime that 0.005% of the people pay attention to? Why would they disrupt the way to bastardize capitalism and hide it under an, uh, an illusion of markets, which is what we have, an illusion don't actually have markets anymore there's trillion dollars in this and not just the bills that the democrat mafia passes at a whim tells you it's good for you 312-642-5600 i'll be back am 560 you know it's funny i used to visit my friend in law school i used to visit my other buddy who became an engineer in college i'd go to visit colleges i tried college for a 
a short period of time. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. What a giant waste of time. First time I walked on the floor, I said, boy, oh, boy, this is great. Absolutely great. I was hooked at that moment. It was free markets for free men. It used days to print it on jackets. Leonard, Highland Park. That was uh, on the jacket, free markets for free men. And I did the same thing. Uh, I quit college. I got a job as a runner in between semesters at college. I never went back. I stayed there 30 years. But the, the one thing that drives me nuts, it's something I've taken with me my whole life, is what's the first thing your boss told you when you came to the floor? If you make a mistake, don't you ever lie to me about it. Right. If you make a mistake, get out, okay, own it, and move on. Move on. But don't sit with it because that $1,000 you just lost becomes ten, twenty thousand 20000 real fast. And I don't understand how these people in government, especially Biden, continually makes mistakes and <laughs> they don't own anything. They just let it go. And because that $1,000 Leonard, that's is becoming goal. trillions. Now, imagine if that $1,000 was divided among 350 million peoples. Would you ever have to admit to it? And, that, and, and in fact, the government mistakes are their greatest asset because those mistakes become a, we- a weapon of plunder against us. By the way, what was your badge when you were down there? Um, I was a master outtrade clerk. I did Deutschmarks and pork bellies of all pits. You know what the pork belly pit was. That's where like. I traded when um, my daughter was born with Crumhorn. I love that son of a gun. I was a pork belly guy. We when used my... to play back. Morris and I played backgammon every night. I did Jeffrey's uh, outtrades, and I held his deck. Oh, I know Jeffrey for a thousand years. It, yeah, it was a yeah. great time. And then I used to fill butter uh, on Fridays only if I if, only if the, if uh, Willie thought I needed money. You remember that? I never knew it. I never knew anyone that uh, that traded butter, and I never won the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard, you made my but day. I love that. I love that belly pit. Crumhorn is one of the greatest human beings that ever lived. Oh, you laugh! You make me laugh. And he, he was always—he was always telling me, "Excuses are for losers. Don't ever make an excuse. Move on." Yeah. Exactly well, ask him said. how many games of backgammon he lost to me because of his ego. Yeah, something tells me yeah. you're driving a Benz because of it. Thank you, Leonard. Appreciate the call. <laughs> greatest place ever. But back then, it was different. They didn't tolerate corruption. Imagine a system of economics where it went on your word. They had to corrupt it in order to control it. And that's what they're doing to our society, and that's why I'm fighting against it. I want a free and open society. I can't believe i got to go to break again. Are you kidding me, kid? Squirrel hands, Pete? Damn it. All right, listen, if you're on the line, I have no guests next segment. I'm going to take you as the guest. I also want to get through some more examples of the real problem. I've got a Kinzinger. How this idiot ever got elected under the guise of Tea Party. Thank God he's gone soon. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Eighty-year-old, not just political whore. That would be bad enough. Eighty-year-old dementia patient in charge of the 
country that is supposed to be the beacon of freedom and capitalism and individual liberties. But there's been a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the first lady's husband uh, contracting COVID. But That's you, stupid. First lady's husband is you, the You're guy with idiot. wet socks. Duh. Look at this room and what you see. Pardon? They had to correct them now. That's right. She's fine. It's me. That's not together. The second lady, the first gentleman. Once again, you'd wrong. That would be if Pete Buttigieg was the president. He's the second gentleman. It's hard to keep track, and dementia's fun. Let's let it run a country. Should end up famously. Andy Hinsdale. It's great when you get a president who does a great Foster Brooks impersonation. <laughs> See, can you believe this is going on, Andy? I mean, your whole life, it, I happen to know you. It is, your whole life is about succeeding, about, about winning, about controlling the I mean, can you believe this predicament? It's, it, it's unbelievable. But, you know, Leonard from Highland Park, he asked, he, he said he, he couldn't figure out why they, why they can't admit their mistakes and change course. You know why, and he knows why. Because it's not their money. There's a never-ending supply of it, and they just keep going and grabbing more, and they never have to admit they're wrong. It's different when you're trading your own money. Yeah. It's different when you're responsible. Right? It's different when you're honest, but it does explain everything. You know what I can't yeah. figure out, Andy? They just passed $1.5 trillion in debt. If the Fed bumps up the interest rate, which I hope they don't, does that money get uh, the interest on that already get kicked in, or does it we wait till they at least push it out to their corruption? Just, just they just run the printing press for you. <laughs> All right, brother. Just Thank to you. Just the dollar even more. Yeah, exactly. The greatest currency manipulator in the world is the USA. It's not China, but it does explain why. Just in the paper, or I mean, on Drudge Report today, it looks like the Saudi Arabians, the one who just beheaded 81 guys, you know, for all kinds of various crimes that Pete Buttigieg calls a resume builder. It turns out that um, they're thinking about taking China's money. That should end famously. Clay in Wheeling. Uh, good evening, Sean. Um, I'm a 20-year-old male, and I know this is going on. If you want to look at nationalizing companies, what the United States has done, you don't have to look far. You can look at our foreign policy, specifically Iraq. Saddam Hussein didn't want to play ball, so we took him out with our with our military, and then we rolled right in with Halliburton and started drilling for oil. This is, Joe, this Biden's is our- brother, Joe Biden's brother got a $1.5 billion contract for housing in Iraq. Does anybody know if those houses went up? What's the quality oh, yeah, of the yeah, Biden yeah. house? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's fantastic. It's probably plywood and cardboard. <laughs> it probably and, doesn't and, uh, exist. How would you know if it you know exists? What? Hey, Sean, the yeah. pipes are all cracked in that one. Right, there's lead pipes. You're bringing lead. <laughs> uh, I, I was you. saying glass pipes. Oh, yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah. Those are, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Clay and Wheeling. I appreciate it. That's what's in all these bills. So when you see the $787 billion for military spending, when you read about how we're helping Ukraine, $14 billion, $17 billion, $29 billion, it's all about contracts. It's all about getting the money. And then when that's not working abroad, it's working right here. You know, we, we know that the the backups at the ports were something we'd focused on for a long time, but then there were reports of the ships being ordered to stay a little further out. So Pete Buttigieg, when news got out that he was actually in charge of the ports, instead of the ships being 20 miles where you could see them, a new executive order happened, 
And the transportation secretary said, go 40 miles out where you can't see him. Does he address this when asked by an MSNBC host? I think the most important thing to measure is how long does it take something to get from here to there or from there to here? What, what have we done in terms of, of cutting down that time? Has, it, has the wait time shrunk? By the way, in the infrastructure bill, the one that he's going around selling now after trillion dollars goes out and funny money, you cannot automate the ports, so you must rely on the gangster union. After all, they contributed to the Democrats. They're going to protect themselves. That's right. Yeah. If you measure it in terms of, uh, for example, the, the containers that are just sitting there uh, versus moving, there have yeah. been some real improvements there. I would agree with you that it's partly. What are the improvements, Pete? You know, I know you're talking fast. What are the improvements there, Chowderhead? In terms of wait times, it's also in terms of costs, right? We have seen uh, margins and, and spot rates go through the roof. We're looking for those to settle out a little bit, but we still have, uh, you know, off-the-charts demand. Uh, we got out of the holiday season and went right into the home improvement season and continue to see that overall imbalance between demand and supply. As what are you doing, stupid? This is the greatest word salad of all time. It's almost Kamala Harris-like without the cackle. As far as the ships, this is an important note. So... I want to be clear, just because you see fewer ships off the coast of, of a place like L.A. Long Beach, that's not automatically a sign of progress because there is a new system for cubing that makes more sense environmentally. It's the right thing to do, but I don't want anybody to think that that, that should, should be confused with kind of solving the issue. That's why what we really can't... This is the best you're going to get from these Democrats, a word salad of non-answers. It's the best you're going to get from a rat Democrat who got the job not because he's qualified for anything except picking up a fella after work and that's why he's got the job almost like kamala harris and then the republican answer is somebody like kinzinger i got an invitation to do tucker carlson's show tonight and there's no way i'll go on a show for a number of reasons but first let me state that his insistence that the west was provoking war with putin his spreading lies about bio labs and it by the way those aren't lies those aren't lies anymore than they weren't lies when people questioned the bio weapons that were used in Syria. It wasn't lies when they correctly identified the artillery used on the people of Yemen by the Saudi inbred scum were American weapons. They were. Adam Kinzinger has been privy to all of this. Adam Kinzinger, who was elected as a Tea Party Republican, who is the busy, biggest example of everything wrong with the Republican Party, is going to justify why he doesn't have to go on and be questioned about so many of his decisions that led to the kind of corruption that made Nancy Pelosi worth half a billion dollars, and we don't know how much Adam is worth. We do know that Adam has a PAC. I thought he would have been asked about the PAC. I think that's something to be asked about. But an Illinois reporter won't. After all, they just want their daughter to get a job in the White House like Andy Shaw. This continued spewing of conspiracy theories are nothing but complete evil. His show is full of Russian propaganda and not news. So when you ask about Igor Kolomensky, when you ask about the new Margaret Thatcher or Winston Churchill and the Azov Battalion, this time they have the Nazis, when you ask about the, it's propaganda. Sure, the American government passed a law that the Azov Battalion and the Ukrainian military was not to get weapons or not to get money and weapons because they had been infiltrated by Nazis. That's all a conspiracy theory. It really is. But still, no one wants to tell me why the Ukrainian comedian who makes me laugh my ass off is worth $600 million. Nobody wants to talk about that. I do, Adam, and I want to know about your pack.
and I will not validate his show by making an appearance. I do not want to be associated with it in any way. Well, the people of Illinois that thought you were representative of principles of Americanism don't want to be represented by you and haven't wanted to be for years. Yet somehow you get elected in those little districts where you bring home that bacon that we're all complaining about that's bankrupting our country. Because, see, Adam, you're the biggest part of the problem, and you do it under the GOP flag. And we all know what would happen, and we all know what the goal is. We know the interview would be promoted to get more viewers, to make more money, to further empower his garbage. Same way your PAC raises money to promote your garbage and to enrich your corrupt constituents that always seem to give you a little bit of money, and they always seem to get some back from these massive omnibus bills that you supported. You supported the infrastructure bill that Pete Buttigieg is going around celebrating. You supported the Green New Deal, which is funded in the infrastructure bill and funded in this bill. In fact, you're no better than Pete Buttigieg, and you may know how to get Merlot out of cashmere as well. And let's talk tactics. When Tucker interviews someone in a hostile way, he interrupts and laughs when he's been caught in a lie. And after the segment's over, he brings on another guest to try to discredit any statement made by the prior guest without counter. You've got them all figured out. Now justify your voting for these omnibus bills. Justify your voting for the infrastructure boondoggle. Justify your pack, you scumbag rat bastard. He's not interested in conversations. He's only interested in himself. And at the end of Unlike the day, you. he'll continue to use his platform to deceive his all-too-trusting viewers and to further his own sense of power. The situation in Ukraine is serious, and the outlook is dire. And, this- and that's why you're never to believe this spin. Because this lying fraud, who was elected as a Tea Party member and votes every time with the radical left, this lying fraud who is a bigger part of the pay-to-play scheme than almost Mike Madigan, by the way, who was the other congressman he was elected with from Illinois? Isn't he the underwear model? Whatever happened to that freak, lobbyist, scumbag? He's just getting warmed up. This moment requires serious conversation and decisive action. Not a self-serving showboat clamoring for more clicks tonight. So rather than validate his propaganda programming, I'm going to use my effort to support the Ukrainian people. So if you're interested in joining me, please... This is my favorite part. Because do you realize what this rat bastard is about to do, Squirrel Hands Pete? I don't think you do. He's about to beg for money for his pack. Please consider donating to the Stand With Ukraine Fund. It's at countryfirst.com, country1st.com. And 100% of the money raised will go to humanitarian aid for those still in Ukraine. Poppycock. And why should the American people give $1? You're just in a bill stuffed $25.9 billion, you rat bastard. You know, whenever I say rat bastard, it makes me think of pre-pedophile Michael Jackson in one of my favorite songs. to the vocals on Mike Jackson before he started molesting kids. Did you ever hear this? Pete Squirrel Hands, you're young. The Listen to this vocal. No more. We both found what we were for. We found a rat bastard Republican. Don, Chicago. Hi, Don. Hi, Don. Hey, I uh, didn't know if you had heard of Mayor Lightfoot was really trying to downplay how she got booed out of the Southside Irish Parade. Um, but it was pretty funny. I mean, people were throwing candy and all kinds of 
um, just hurling insults and booing the heck out of her. The, the carpenter union or the electrician's union wouldn't even let her on the float. Really? Um, really? Yeah, and, and then uh, finally she got on the carpenter's union float for a little while. After people kept throwing candy at her and booing her so bad, that's why she got out of her. Same thing with Prisker. They booed and threw candy. Now, this is a lot different than last summer when they oh, threw, Wait a minute, wait a minute. You uh, throw candy at Pritzker, he might think you're rewarding him like one of those big, fat walruses. You sure he didn't just open up well, his bazoo true. and try to eat it? That's that. That's true. I just it's ironic how the news really didn't cover that too much. And I remember last summer, you know, they were throwing bottles of uh, frozen urine at, at police. And these guys just got candy thrown at them, and they had to leave. You know. You know, she had on her her Braveheart Scott skirt on, her Irish skirt. Did she lift the kilt up and show everybody that big Schwanzeiger? Uh No, thank God. All right. Just want to know. I still go ten dollars an inch with her. Quote: My was... blank is bigger than yours and the that's Italians. Right. I have the biggest. I don't know about blank this Italian. In you ever see a baby hold an apple? With the bread to come my own, I'll never be alone. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, the answer. Oh, I love that song. I mean, I really do. And did you ever see the movie with Paul Newman and Tom Cruise? He's, where he's a pool shark? Fantastic. Joe Biden turns his back and he won't answer reporters' questions on killed Americans. This is uh, this was a press conference given today that really should be used as an example of why the 25th Amendment needs to be implemented by the Republicans in office right now. They need to impeach Joe Biden. We are on the precipice of World War III. We're celebrating the economic destruction of this nation. We're celebrating the bald-faced lies by his administration. It is just something to behold, and if that's not bad enough... He's an absolute and total dementia patient moron. The former Governor Jennifer Granholm, the Energy Department. I often kid her, and I wasn't kidding early on when I was seeking the nomination. Had she been born in America, she'd be standing here and I'd be sitting there. She's from Canada, Jennifer Granholm. Aside from that, she was a governor. Aside from that, she's an inside trading fraud. Come on, man. It's absolutely true, Pete. And in these bills is the problem with this fraud. We are allowing these bills to enrich the inside trading. We have an SEC that doesn't want to investigate this. We have an FBI that doesn't want to investigate this. We have an IRS that would rather investigate parents that go to school board meetings. There needs to be an outcry from the people. And it will only come from the red states. It will not come from the blue states. The blue states exist on this kind of corruption. This is what's called play-to-pay or business-as-usual or the Democrat national platform. She was a former governor of the state of uh, Michigan. Michigan, wrong. She was a former state. she, She was a governor. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And when you culminate that with everything else that we're facing, when you culminate that with the, the noted lies about what's happening abroad and with foreign policy, it should be a, a, a time where we are at least allowed to question the information the way it's spewed out by their liars. Prior to February 24, the president, uh, our NATO allies, and the EU were embarked on a deterrence project. That's exactly the word that you and other senior U.S. officials used at the time. Quite clearly, the invasion was launched on the 24th of February, and so 
we can say as a factual matter that that deterrence project failed. Is it the view of the White House that Mr. Putin could not be deterred by any set of steps? Or are you willing to concede that perhaps some other set of steps by the President and our allies might have deterred the invasion? Uh, you know, James, I would say that when we put in place the threat of sanctions and the threat of consequences, uh, we never thought that that would be uh, fail-proof. Uh, That's not at all what you said when you did it. And this idea that this is, goes without just like, ah, what are you going to do? These are actions that have consequences. Those consequences are what you're seeing in your real life. The answer is not more bills. That is exactly the problem. But you mark my words. What's going to happen now is the Delta Cron. Oh, you haven't heard? Yeah, simultaneously with a fourth dose being crammed down your throats of a vaccine, there's a new variant called the Delta Cron. The Delta Cron will come up if the rebuke to this fraud goes too great. That's why there are but a few politicians that are putting up a fight. There are but a few politicians that want to make sure these bureaucracies do not misappropriate, misuse their power. Bureaucracies like the CDC and Fauci. Rand Paul today tried to add an amendment. By the way, I had another one where he was trying to eliminate Fauci's job. That video was pulled down by YouTube in a fashion that would make Vladimir Putin smile. The censorship, the totalitarianism is being implemented in this country. It's nice to see there are but a few politicians putting up a fight for it. In the early days of the pandemic, many so-called experts predicted a tsunami of evictions if the government didn't step in. Some even said there would be 40 million people on the streets. Never mind that these fears began because of government interference in the first place, nationwide lockdowns that caused layoffs across the country. So the CDC decided to do something unprecedented and suspend every residential rental contract in America. Their orders said that this was necessary because evictions threatened to increase the spread of COVID-19 as they forced people to move often into close quarters in new shared housing settings. The law they cited as authority was written to quarantine people back in the 1940s who might spread certain contagious diseases. The law contains a catch-all phrase and other measures that the director can utilize other measures as in his judgment, his or her judgment, may be necessary. The CDC decided to stretch those words to the limit. The Supreme Court rebuked this overreach last summer in a per curiam opinion that stopped enforcement of that order. The court said that the plaintiffs were virtually certain to succeed on the merits of their argument and that the CDC had exceeded its authority. So what happened next? A study this winter by researchers at Princeton showed that even at their highest point, after the moratorium ended, evictions were still almost 40% below historical averages. It's good to know that we didn't end up with 40 million new homeless, but was it ever reasonable to think that that was going to happen? Should the government take... And during this time of the Ukrainian issue, during this time of omnibus bills being normalized, misappropriation of infrastructure spending and the rest of it, no one is talking about the abuses we suffered as a people. The problem of totalitarianism isn't something that we're watching in the Eastern Bloc. The problem of totalitarian misuse of power is something the Biden administration represents. It's time to push back against the Biden administration. It's time to stop being victims. 312-642-5600. It's time for the 25th Amendment. AM 560. The 
enter. Groovy. So I'm going to take Tom's call, then I'm going to answer a text message I just got. Tom in Blue Island. What's up, you handsome devil who's not that handsome? Hey, buddy. So, Sean, it's... Couldn't agree with you more when you talk about the 25th Amendment, with the exception of the fact they knew this guy was compromised. And, and as part of the steal, they had to have a patsy that they knew, as you said, was a whore and would go along with anything they said once they were able to, you know, place him in there after they pulled their BS off, you know. It ties into my text message I just got in regards to Ukraine. I got a text message in regards to Ukraine from a friend of mine. He's like, so what do you want to do in Ukraine? Do you want to, uh, you want to get involved? Do you want to not get involved? You want to... This to me was something that needed to be addressed during the Trump years, during the Obama years, when we realized exactly the kind of scandal that Ukraine was. You know, this didn't happen overnight, although many people want you to believe it happened overnight. This happened since... The 90s, since the early 2000s, since 2014. This is the issue. Are we going to turn a blind eye to the decades-long accusations by the Ukrainian people? Not by American hosts, not by anybody else. By the Ukrainian people that were outraged at the corruption, at the oligarch system that they were experiencing prior to this. Do you want to address the concerns, the accusations, that have been going on for 20 years in regards to Ukraine, the corruption, in conjunction with the corruption in the NATO system. Are we supposed to pretend that NATO has not been riddled in scandal, both financial, with military, the whole nine yards? All of a sudden it gets this virtue. It gets a veil of virtue. Oh, no, 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 it's the end all and be all. The problem is this is getting swept under the rug. I have had a problem since Joe Biden bragged about the billion dollars that he withheld to get a prosecutor fired. What was that prosecutor looking into? The prosecutor was looking into the corruption I keep referring to when I say Igor Kolominsky. See, that's who really was behind Burisma. That's who was behind the other oil company. That is the oligarch in control. That is the oligarch that plucked Zelensky out of obscurity. You know, the actor who's now worth $600 million. That seems to be a problem to me. I want to make sure what we do is not support one crook over the next. I think we should abstain from all of it. Does that make me a uh, neocon? What am I? I don't even know what I am. Am I an isolationist? Isolationist? I'm sorry. Am I an isolationist? No, no, no. I'm somebody who believes in the American principle. It's the same reason I don't want to enrich the Saudis. See, the answer is always simple. It's to strengthen this country. We don't need a rip of these people. Not one of them. We just have to unleash American business, but not the corporatist business. The one that made us strong, that made us successful before politicians bastardized it. See, that's the game. And we're turning to the abusers. We really are. And then when you find out things, little bits of information, why is it that we are now implementing Iron Curtain censorship? Iron Curtain state-approved opinion. You cannot have an opinion in this country anymore, or at least it's frowned upon. If it doesn't agree with the state, there is a serious problem with Ukraine and what was going on prior to this, prior to it. Tucker Carlson was um, really kind of assaulted verbally by The View, along with Tulsi Gibbard. 
They called for their, them to be imprisoned as subversives, as Russian agents. The whole time because they're what? Asking questions about things that are actually happening? You know, if you take three steps back, the problem with the debate that we're having over Ukraine and Russia, and particularly with biolabs in Ukraine, isn't that people disagree about what the facts are. It's that nobody involved seems to be able to think clearly, think rationally, think empirically. Everyone seems to have gone crazy, and that's bad because the people who have gone crazy are the ones making all of the decisions. So it's not really a... Doesn't it remind you of when Trump won in 16 and the insistence and the corruption in the dossier? Doesn't it remind you how that was it? It was a fact. And all of the history of Hillary Clinton, all of the history of the Clinton Foundation, all of the connections between the Biden crime family, all of it had to be ignored. It's the same thing we're experiencing, just a simple different topic. Same kind of abuse of information, same kind of fascistic control of the narrative. About this specific issue, it's about our leaders' capacity to lead. But the bioweapon story is just a perfect illustration. So we just talked to Tulsi Gabbard, who was denounced as treasonous and potentially a murderer by a sitting U.S. senator. Admittedly, it was Mitt Romney, but he spoke for many. Because she said, look, Toria Newland." Undersecretary of State has said under oath there are biolabs in Ukraine. That's a problem. That is a problem. And this is the same reason Adam Kinzinger, who wishes to God he was Mitt Romney, even though Mitt Romney's God's going to make him Jesus on the next planet. And the contents of those labs, because it's a war zone, they haven't been secured, could wind up in the wrong hands. To which Tulsi Gabbard said, holy smokes, this is a big deal. I serve in the U.S. Army. We don't want that. By the way, we know that biolabs can sometimes cause massive problems for the world. I think we've just seen that. See, your job as an American is to demand the truth. That's almost funny now, as you've got liars for representatives, liars in charge of every bureaucracy, frauds. But your job as an American is not to be brought into the corruption and normalize it, which is why the real unconstitutional aspect of America are these Democrat mafia-run states. So the idea that we must buy a narrative and just be told, move along, when we've got a sitting president that already admitted when he was vice president, he used, he used America's money in a corruption play to remove a prosecutor looking into the corruption in Ukraine that we are now rescuing, as far as I'm concerned. So, then, so that was Tulsi Gabbard's point. The New York Times was quick to denounce us for even talking about the subject. Oh, don't call them bioweapons. We never alleged the United States was making bioweapons. We don't know that. What we said is what's factually true, which is there are stores, we learned this from the U.S. government, of Soviet-era bioweapons in Ukraine that for some reason have not yet been destroyed. That's a huge problem, potentially. And it's a violation of the Minsk Accord. Oh, but it is. Once again, validating an accusation by another corrupt KGB oligarch who happens to be the president of Russia. Isn't that kind of what's been going on over these last couple of weeks? Hasn't his accusations of the violation of the Minsk Accord actually been proven? 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, The Answer. Willful ignorance. It's not just something Chicago Democrats do. 
something all Democrats do and 80% of Republicans. I'm sorry. There's cause for pause. To convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." Well, now he is the president, and now we're giving billions upon billions, and there was never an inquiry into this. This is an admitted crime. He was the vice president. He didn't have the authority to withhold anything. Now he's the president. He has the authority to make up everything. And you want me to just buy what you're selling? Put mustard on it and eat it? Every damn thing that comes out of their mouth is a lie. There's no reason to believe this whole damn thing isn't a lie. That's not to say there isn't atrocities going on. Of course there is. It's the Soviet Union. The whole damn thing lives on atrocities. Robert Bloomingdale. Yeah, that's right, Sean. You're absolutely right. And what I'm calling about... Is, but uh, Putin is very smart. He's striking while the iron is hot when you got an incompetent person in the White House. Take all the real estate you can get, get back the Soviet uh, dominance, and before Trump gets back in, then all bets are off. What do you think? Let's say, let's say this. Do you think Vladimir Putin is unaware of the corruption in Ukraine? Yeah, I mean, do you, think, do you think he's unaware? Do you think he's unaware, not to mention this, the corruption between the Biden regime and Ukraine, Kolominsky? I'm so well, tired of pretending it's Cole, a country. See, I Cole, side with the Ukrainian Cole. people that were Cole. fighting against their government corruption. Yeah. That's who I'm on the side with. The people who for 30 years, 20 years, were yeah. begging that the corrupt government be thrown out of office and, and, and there be help to handle the corruption. Instead, we just finance it. And instead, we have the president, who's the president of this country, who participated in it. And then there's the clear and present links between the sun and the corruption in the former Ukraine before it was handed over to the comedian who makes me laugh my ass off. Now this Fox Business exclusive, Hunter Biden and a former Biden aide invested in two Chinese companies with ties to the top levels of the Chinese Communist Party and its military. Emails show that as recent as 2017, Hunter's private equity firm... Then there's the Chinese connection. That was Marie Bartiroma in China. I thought she... ...a 5% stake in Harv's amusement parks and interest in Harv's sports and entertainment. Both you are... mean to tell me he's in the amusement parks and sports and entertainment business? Boy, it is Hunter Biden. A renaissance man of finances. Backed by China's development bank tied to the Chinese military. The emails added that Harbs was partnering with NBA stars Magic Johnson and LeBron James in 2016 to host an NBA global game in China. In 2020, Harbs announced it was partnering with NBA. You know, really, what am I so mad about? Eastern European oligarchs. We've got the biggest example of a corrupt oligarch in the White House wetting his pants as we speak. That's the biggest problem. Not just Kolominsky, although I do, I do get nervous about the biolabs. I really do. And then there's the whole thing about where did, uh, where did COVID-19 come from and who's profiting from that? There's all kinds of questions I got. Actually. And the New York Times admitted that in their attack of us. Here's the quote. We'll just put it up. Mr. Pope, this is Robert Pope who runs the program, 
had warned that Russia's invasion of Ukraine may damage laboratories in the country that conduct research and disease surveillance and are supported by the United States. He noted that some of the facilities may contain pathogens once used for Soviet-era bioweapons programs, but he emphasized the Ukrainian labs did not have the ability to manufacture bioweapons. Okay. Boy, I wonder if the billion dollars that Biden eventually turned over, I wonder if any of that money was used in these biolabs. I wonder where that money went. Does anybody else want to wonder? Or are, are you just interested in getting the $25.9 billion that's in the new omnibus bill just out in the society? I mean, that'll solve everything, right? And then don't forget Adam Kinzinger. He's got his own pack in case you want to help. And for those who become refugees, yeah. Tucker has made it clear he stands with Putin and his war against freedom. I stand with Ukraine, democracy, and the men and women willing to fight and die for their country. I say you stand with Eastern European Soviet corruption oligarch system, and you just want to be a part of it. That's our real problem. Republicans are more interested in getting cut in than making everyone cut it out. We have another segment, right, kid? No? No other segment? We don't have another hour? I got more stuff. All right. 21 hours, we'll be back. Can't believe how fast this goes.